This is Homebuyer Talk Radio with your host, Mark Ebinger. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Homebuyer Talk Radio, a show that connects homeowners, home buyers, and home sellers to some of the best small businesses in the San Antonio area. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk about the recession or how it's affecting home loan rates. We got, of course, Erica in studio for that, one of my favorite people. We're uh-huh. also going to talk about some of the things that home sellers are having to do as the market. Well, it was shifting away from being a seller's market to more of a buyer's market, but now it's kind of stuck somewhere in the middle. But there's always things that home sellers can do to really improve their, their chances at getting not only a home sale, but maybe multiple offers. So we're going to talk about that as well. And we're going to talk about the growing trend of trash can, can cleaning services. They are coming fast to a neighborhood near you. If you don't think you need that, I'm telling you, you do need that. There's a huge difference in the smell of your garage. Yes. <laughs> so... <laughs> In studio with us today is Erica Slayton, a home mortgage expert with Wallach & Volk and a regular contributor on the show. Erica, welcome back. Thanks for having me again, Mark. You bet. Also in studio with us today is Jonathan Silva, a real estate expert with the Silva Property Group. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Mark. This is your first time. Are you nervous? A little bit. Are you really? We'll get through it, though. We'll be yeah, there. Yeah. be fine. <laughs> you do awesome. Um, and we have Jordan Williams, the owner of Triton Cleaning Services and a big driving force behind the growing trend of uh, neighborhood trash can cleaning services. Jordan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Mark. All right, a quick reminder for our listeners that you can catch video and podcast versions of the show anytime by visiting homebuyertalkradio.com. Uh, there you can also find all of our social media links as well. Um, also on our website is a list of the recurring guests that we have on the show, which helps a lot. If you didn't catch your information during the show, you can always go to homebuyertalkradio.com and find their information there. This show reaches thousands of listeners each month on radio here in the greater San Antonio area and thousands more on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram where I think everybody is anyway, right? We're all on social media mm-hmm. watching Absolutely. video clips, especially short-form video. So be sure you're following us on social media. And, of course, you can get to all of that from homebuyertalkradio.com. All right, Erica, the market yes, is quite the uh, amusement park ride. Definitely. I think. What is going on? It's a fun roller coaster we've been on, actually, for <laughs> years, but especially in the last two years, it's been really crazy. So, uh, you know, we're, we're in a recession, yeah. Even though you might not hear that necessarily. Okay. So what is the definition of a recession? Help us out. Yes. What's the definition? The classic textbook definition of a recession is two consecutive quarters of negative gross domestic product, otherwise known as GDP. Okay. And, and we are. We just had the report out a couple weeks ago, and that was the second quarter of negative gross domestic product growth. And so, you know, here we are. But is there a... An effort to maybe change the definition of recession? Of course there <laughs> is. There, there is a rumor going around that the government's like, well, let's maybe redefine what this really oh means gosh. to be in a recession. So we can't, we can't trust anybody. But so, are, are, but is it a serious deal? Are we talking more of a course correction? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? You know, recessions are a natural part of the economy. I mean, I have a finance degree and, you know, every finance class that I was ever in was talking about like recessions are normal. They're a normal course correction. We always have to see them. And if we don't see them, then it's going to be coming eventually. So it's, it's one of those things. It's like an average, like once a decade. So it's just a normal thing. You know, we did have one in 2020 and that was because nobody was going to work (laughs) for a few months. So there was a forced recession out of that one. But I mean, it is natural. It's normal and it's not anything to fear. It is very, very normal to go through. You know, you just have to prepare. I mean, I just taught a group of realtors yesterday how to survive and thrive during a recession. It's not scary. It's just, you just have to know what to do. You know, I heard, uh, so Jim Rohn, who's a famous, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like a coach kind yeah. of a thing. He One of his quotes was, it's not the direction that the wind is going. It's the set of the sail. That's right. So, and, and as entrepreneurs, everybody in this room, we understand that, mm-hmm. oh, things are going to happen. We have to adjust we have or to. we're going to sink. Yeah. You have to shift. You have to know. And, and, and in reality, you, 
as a business owner and as somebody who watches the economy in general, it's you can see it coming. It's just a matter of time, you know, and that's one of the things that always cracks me up. And Jonathan can relate to this is when somebody goes, oh, my gosh, rates are so high. Well, they are in relation to what they were for the last two years. But the last two years was a complete anomaly. That was not normal in any way, shape or form. So, I mean, in my entire 26 year career, did I ever see 2.75 rates? No, I didn't. So it's just not a normal market. You know, six is actually the normal market is what they call it to be traditionally normal. Um, But, you know, we're seeing obviously the Fed funds is going up. That's freaking some people out. Right. So explain what Fed funds is. The Fed funds rate is the overnight borrowing rate that the big banks borrow money overnight. So it's literally like a 24 hour loan that, you know, the big three borrow money and, and everybody that's not just the big three, but that's historically what you're talking about. And it's where they're just borrowing money overnight. And, you know, obviously they they are lending it out and they're making money on the spread. So now the big banks are having to borrow money for more expensive overnight from the federal government. And so it affects your interest rates on your car loans and your credit cards. And if you have a HELOC, which is a home equity line of credit on your house, it does affect that because that's based on those rates. But it does not affect your mortgage rate in a negative manner when they're trying to slow inflation, which is the reason why the Fed is increasing those Fed funds rate right now. I mean, it's it's as a result of trying to just slow the little dial down a little bit. Let's just slow the flow of money so that we can control inflation. But are consumers really slowing that? I mean, because no. I, I saw a clip that you did. So let's talk mortgage pro is where you put a lot of information. Yes. And I saw a video that you did about a credit card spending, which right. seems to be going up dramatically. And that's that's a bit of a. A problem, right? Can it be? Well, for sure it's a problem. I mean, especially with the Fed funds rate going up, your credit cards are going to cost you more. So now your interest rates are going up, right, on your credit cards. So, you know, you, I, I, I talk about credit cards the last like four Thursday tidbits for a reason because I keep seeing the balances rising on credit cards and I keep seeing people get out and get a thousand dollar a month car loans. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, this is a lot of money. If you make $50,000 a year, do you, can you really afford a thousand dollar car? You know, you got to got to trim up a little bit. I think people have just kind of taken a lot of the money that was thrown at them from the government for COVID reasons or hazard pay at work, and they've become very extravagant in their spending. Exactly. And so, so I was going to put it a different way, but yeah, that's it's OK. I tend to soften the blow sometimes. <laughs> we do. We got a little crazy with our spending. Yeah, we yeah. did. So I think people just need to learn how to like rein it in. As a matter of fact, it did a seven day cleanse from Amazon right after Prime Day. I was like, seven-day cleanse. I challenge everybody on my Frugal Friday post, let's do seven days, no Amazon. You're going to need to send me some notes. Yeah. I will. Yeah. Is there it like a amazing. vitamin I can take to help with that? <laughs> <Right? laughs> it was really great. It was. I will tell you, like by day four, I was like, I need to go. No, I don't need to go. Like, <laughs> I need to stay off Amazon. So let's talk about down payments real quick. So sure. there's this, uh, as a as a home potential home buyer, I'm thinking, okay, well, I need to have, what, 20% down, mm-hmm. buy a home. I mean, what what's the real deal with down payments? So the real deal is that 20% down is, it's wonderful if you can afford 20% to put down. You avoid mortgage insurance if you go conventional. It's amazing. But is it in reality required? Absolutely not. If you're a first-time home buyer, conventional is 3% down. If you want to go FHA, which is a HUD guaranteed loan, then it's 3.5% down. If you want to go VA, it's zero down payment. Uh, USDA is zero down payment. So you know, certainly, yes, we we love having those 740 credit score, 20% down borrowers all day long, but it's not reality because we've been o- overspending. <laughs> so we don't have a whole lot of money laying around. And even those people that may have a lot of money from just selling a house, if, you know, Jonathan lists and sells her house, maybe they do have a hundred grand sitting around, but does, does that actually mean you want to spend it and invest it into that house? Or maybe you 
invest some over here in this house and then go buy an investment property or invest it in some other investment that you think that is you know safe enough to put your money in. So it's not absolutely required. And the other thing is there's down payment assistance programs. Right, I was going to ask. So if, mm-hmm. if somebody doesn't have, say, $9,000 put down right. on a $300,000 house, mm-hmm. w- w- can they get help with that or what's the deal? So depending on your income level and your credit score, yes. So there's programs as low as a 580 credit score that you can get down payment assistance from. Now, most of them are 620. There's one at 640, but there's state of state of Texas programs that allow for people to get assistance to help with their down payment. And uh, you just have to meet the income restrictions, which are pretty darn high. I mean, they're higher than the average income in San Antonio that you can still qualify for down payment assistance. And the other myth that I just wanted to like smush today and get it out of the way is you do not have to be a first-time homebuyer to qualify for down payment assistance. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. A lot of people think, oh, no, I've, I've already owned a home before. It doesn't matter. There's programs out there for you, too. So what I'm not hearing is that Amazon will help us with our down payment. <laughs> they will not. As just, a matter of fact, they'll take away from your down payment monies. <laughs> I'm quite sure how to process it, yeah, but I'll work on it. All right, Erica. So I, Let's Talk Mortgage Pro. Yes. Uh, that's definitely, if they Google that, but it's Let's Talk Mortgage.pro. is a great place to connect with you. Mm-hmm. How else? On my website is, yeah, the .pro. And then it's just my cell phone. Just call me on my cell. I have an office here in San Antonio, but, you know, we're all... In the real estate business, tend to work from our cars a lot, and we're out and about. So my cell phone is 210-219-7608. Thank you, Erica. Appreciate sure. that. Awesome. Well, I was kind of hoping maybe Amazon would help out with our payments, but <laughs> apparently they're not doing that yet. Give them time. Yeah. Give them time, right? If there's money in it, I'm sure they do it. I'm still waiting for the drones, right? I mean, aren't to we drop supposed your to be package? drone yeah. deliveries mm-hmm. to my house? I don't know where they're yeah. doing that, but that's sounds super cool. You know, my wife's getting packages delivered on the daily, so I think there's something. Right? Either the van driver really likes us or they've got the drones ready to go. <laughs> Amazon's really making it Silver tough household. on the average business when it comes to delivery because when people can order and get it the same day or the next day, we're all getting kind of used to that. Oh, yeah. Just saying. So. But it's so easy to hit the buy button. Oh, my gosh. And that's why I had to do the cleanse. Seven-day cleanse. Yeah. We're all going to do it. Yeah, you need to. I'm not going to do it. helps a lot. <laughs> maybe you're, yeah, maybe you have to get it. your wife to do it too, Jonathan. Yes. <laughs> All right, so next up on the show is Jonathan Silva, real estate expert here in the San Antonio area. area. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mark. So I've had your brother Carl on the show a couple times. Yes. Um, and he's done fantastic. And I've seen, actually, I think I've seen more videos from you on social media than I have from your brother. What's the deal which, there? Which is ironic because he actually like lived in Hollywood for like 10 years or plus. Yeah, he got into the production you know, business. He, he became the uh, the voice of the company and I become the face. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's working we'll anyway. It. <laughs> All right, so... We're hearing, or we were hearing, that it was becoming more uh, or less of a seller's market, more of a buyer's market. But are we kind of like level now? What's going on with that? Yeah, so it's real estate's always this like ever changing state, right? Like if you're in real estate or you're selling real estate or buying real estate, you have to understand that the market's not just going to stay at an even flow. You're going to go up, you're going to go down. It's going to be a seller's market or a buyer's market. It's going to neutral. You just have to follow it. And so over the past several weeks, we've seen some ridiculous changes going on with rates going from the twos to low threes and then popping up to high fours into the sixes. And now we're kind of seeing them come back to normalcy, like Erica was, mm. Erica was saying. And we just have to understand that the market's going to continue to shift. And while we're working on selling or buying real estate, you have to shift with that. If you're a seller, there's changes in your expectations. If you're buyers, there's changes in your expectations. <laughs> you just have to go with it and trust the professionals that are guiding you through your mortgage process, through your real estate agents, everybody in between, Trust the people that you're hiring to guide you through that process. Yeah, and, and I'll just comment on this whole idea of trusting who you're with because this is where hiring the right 
real estate agent. That is no joke. I before because we're having an experience over in California with bad real estate agents, and I'm like, Brooks over there going, ah. it's like it. So I've kind of been through that. Mm-hmm. So I think you know, interviewing and Erica, I know you mm-hmm. recently sold a home. You actually interviewed several, and of course she knows a lot of real estate agents. Mm-hmm. But she interviewed several uh, before she made her decision, and uh, you know. I'll just I'll speak for you on this so we can move the conversation forward. But she chose based on the person's ability to close. Right. There are to I'm sorry, negotiate, negotiate, negotiate mm-hmm. the deal, which is huge. But competency is really, really important when it comes to a real estate agent, in addition to other things. So can you just speak a little bit to competency? What is it that you guys do to really kind of up your game when it comes to working for buyers and sellers? So I think a big part of it is just understanding that market and where you come from. So like my brother and I are originally from San Antonio, born and raised here. Uh, we did spend some time away. I was in the military. He chased his Hollywood dreams <laughs> and we all came back, right? And so understanding the market that you're selling in and understanding the product that you're trying to sell. Real estate is a product, right? It's an emotion for a lot of people, but it is a product. You have to understand the house. You have to understand the market. And you have to understand the consumers that are going to look at that product, right? Mm-hmm. So we look at it as... What do we do? How do we get that product in front of the consumers to make sure that the right consumers that want to buy this product are the ones that are actually going to buy it? Then understanding the legal issues of you know how to negotiate the contract and fill it out properly so that way it actually does close <laughs> is a whole other battle. That a big one. You want to make sure the agents that you're talking to understand what is in the contract. Can they actually explain that to you? And can they actually get it to the closing table? Because honestly, Mark, anybody can sell a house. Anybody in this room can go throw a sign in a yard and the house is probably going to get a contract on it. The challenge, the skill comes during that negotiation, during that closing process and getting to that table. Well, the devil's in the details. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, uh, communication. So communication between, and this is something that Carl hit on uh, quite a few times, was this setting expectations. You mentioned it as well. So when you're going into this, you know, doing a listing contract for for a seller, for example, and you're setting expectations, what are some of the things that you're talking about with the seller? So a lot of it boils down to, you know, what can they expect when they're working with the market, right? Because that's ultimately what they're doing. And so they need to understand what's the activity going to be like for the buyers coming through. How's that going to impact their lifestyle? Knowing that there's a huge difference between living in your house and actually selling your house <laughs> is a mindset that just most people don't understand. I'm in the industry and you can't go in my house right now and think that I'm selling it. I got three kids. It's not mm-hmm. happening. Yep. <laughs> and so setting that expectation of, hey, wake up, clean, actually do the dishes before you go to work and have your house ready to go. Knowing that, hey, that first week and you hit the market, it's going to be crazy. You probably go stay at a hotel for Staycation three days. Vacation time. Exactly. Oh. Go downtown, stay, go to the coast, do whatever you have to do. Just be out of the house for three days, right? Let's get your house a contract. Or if the house is on the market longer than a weekend because the market's changing, mm-hmm. guess what? That's going to impact your weekly lifestyle of coming home and relaxing after work, making sure it stays organized, making sure the yard stays cut and mowed. And then during that closing process, understanding you can't go back to normalcy. You still have inspections. You still have appraisals. You still have people coming in into the house at arranged times, but you don't want to have to rush to get that stuff organized. And then the move-out process, obviously, what's the final walkthrough? When you close, do you actually have to be out of the house, or do you have a lease to stay longer? Those types of things, and making sure that the sellers understand the entire process as you're going through it. Yeah, you covered a lot of a lot of ground in there. And so when you're setting expectations with a seller on, you're not going to be able to, maybe you need to be out of the house when these things are, because that's weird, right? You don't want to be in the house when the house is being Absolutely. shown. Um, but also the the timing of the sale, right? The sales price. Yep. 
right? I mean, that's a sensitive conversation to have, right? When Absolutely. it comes to the price of the house, especially if they're hearing inflated numbers, they're hearing that everything's up 20% or whatever, and they want to price it. Those are sensitive conversations to have. Absolutely. And, and it's a conversation that real estate agents have to have. And real estate agents have to be honest in that analysis of what a house's value is actually worth. Because there's a thing as buying a listing. It's when you go and you just tell the seller what they want to hear, mm-hmm. right? But in reality, sellers aren't hiring real estate agents because they just want somebody to throw a sign in the yard. Sellers are hiring real estate agents because this is a business transaction and they need a business professional to take the emotion out of that deal and tell them exactly what's going to happen. Where are we? What can we expect? And how are we going to get this thing closed? That's the end goal. So knowing what they're going to walk away with is super important because if I tell you you're getting 50000 more and we get to closing and you're short 50000 you're going to be a little upset. So when it comes to setting the expectation on the sale, what is it that you do? What do you present the seller with that helps really kind of support your decision on the number to list the house? Just give me a couple of items. So the big thing is I'm a big numbers guy. I worked in financial management and analysis in the military before getting into real estate. So breaking down the numbers, <laughs> breaking down the analytics, that's what I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. So I pull all the comps from the area. I make sure that I understand how's the market shifting. And when we're pulling that, we want to make sure that you know we're looking at apples to apples and we're not just pulling random properties because they fit a mold or they fall into a certain area. right? San Antonio's got a lot of pockets. And there's really beautiful houses, and there's some that are just not so great, right? So going by zip code's not going to work. Oh, absolutely not. (laughs) Or going by the zones that the MLS has kind of put into place. It just doesn't work. You have to understand gated communities versus not gated communities. What does that impact as far as pricing goes? Putting that information together in an understandable way and then presenting it to the client is super important. So we do it two ways. One, here's your number. Two, here's the packet that you can read if you can't sleep at night that has (laughs) all the information that you're going to be looking for. I'm thinking that I would ask, too, Erica, this is when you and I were talking about uh, you had realtor that didn't even look at your house, like looked at the outside, but didn't walk through. Walked up to the front door. Yeah, but didn't actually go through and really see the no. different value Mm-mm. ads that you have no. in your home. Mm-mm. Didn't didn't know what your pool looked like or anything no, like that's that. That's super thorough. Mm-hmm. No, so, <laughs> yeah. so one thing I really like to do, and I'll just uh, tap on it really quick, is when I walk into a house, if I'm talking to a seller about selling... I walk in, and before we even sit down at the table to talk anything, I tell them, hey, you're the real estate agent. Sell me the house. Oh, there you go. That's a great idea. Why did you love the house? Why did you fall in the house? Because when you're selling real estate, it's a product, but there's a story behind that product. Always a story. I want the seller to tell me their story. Why did you fall in love? What happened here? Is this a family home? Did your family get raised here? Let's share that story with the consumers because ultimately that's going to sell the property. Well, and it helps with the relationship with the potential seller. Of course. Right. Absolutely. All right, Jonathan, if people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Sure. So um, our website's super easy, silverpropertygroup.com. It's going to have all the information on there as well. Or they can always reach me as well on my phone, uh, call or text. My number is 210-980-9556. And you guys uh, have a YouTube channel that's pretty active as well. We do. That's Silver Property Group, right? Silver Property Group as well on all social platforms. Excellent. All right. I appreciate it, Jonathan. Yes, sir. All right. Next up on the show is Jordan Williams, the owner of Triton Cleaning Services. Jordan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mark. So we've been talking a lot of real estate here, neighborhoods, you know, uh, value adds, things like that. Um, just before we get into it, it's like um, trash can cleaning. Would that be a good thing, Jonathan? If, oh, absolutely. If <laughs> you want the garage to not stink, not right? stink. <laughs> put that in the garage and it's been out there all summer? No. Uh, so, so if gross. you're going to list a property, I highly recommend that you get your trash cans cleaned. So having said that, what are some of the main reasons people are getting their trash cans cleaned? Just highlight it for us. Well, the smell, obviously, right? Nobody <laughs> wants to deal with that, especially in the South Texas heat. Nope. Anything you put in there is going to get pretty raunchy mm-hmm. pretty quick. Yes. Uh, the germs and the bacteria, you know, as everybody knows, uh, especially with COVID and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty dangerous to have. 
Um, so just be healthier and get it get it clean and sanitized. Yeah. So I'm like, if you, when, Eric, when was the last time you looked in your trash can? Where you have you to smell it because <laughs> well, you smell it before like you, you look at it. And you're like, oh my gosh, there's like I don't, some kind of it's brown disgusting. funk in there. I don't know what it's that is. It's gross. Yeah. And so, I and I've told you before, I've even tried to clean my own. That was really funny. That is not fun. It's it was like pointless. I was like, so I put some bleach in there and water, and nothing happened. And then soap and water, and nothing happened. So that's why when I learned of this, I was like, this is amazing. Well, because it, it's a pressure washing type situation, so it's really going to clean it well. And then, of course, sanitize. And you guys also do like fragrance and stuff, right? Yep, yep, absolutely. So the water's heated to 220 degrees, and then it's at 3,000 PSI cleaning the trash can. So it's going to get everything off of there. It's yeah, awesome. so kind of junk. Yeah. Having your 15 year old son or, or whatever take care of that's probably mm-hmm. not going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, how bad have you seen it out there when it comes to trash cans? I'm sure you got pretty horror stories. Oh, man, let me tell you. There's. Uh, been some pretty fun stuff we found in some trash cans from uh, uh you know adult toys to dead animals to live animals oh. <laughs> no <laughs> yeah. no not a, yeah d- well dead animals maybe i understand but not a live not one live. Yeah, yeah did you rescue oh, it open oh, no absolutely not dropped the can and ran away with a wild <laughs> raccoon in there so. oh no <laughs> yeah. jeez there's some crazy stuff man what about sure. like uh i mean i deterior i think i saw a picture somewhere of a deteriorating can it was so bad it was actually coming apart yeah yeah so it some of that stuff, man, it just gets on there and it melts. I think the one that you saw was uh, somebody put a firework in there. Oh, okay. In their trash can. <laughs> oh, like, wow. That's really oh. bad when mm-hmm. it gets to that. that mm-hmm. So you mentioned COVID. That really was a thing. So uh, people are a lot more germ conscious now maybe than they were a couple of years ago. So yeah, Jonathan's nodding his head over there. It's like, that's the truth. So you guys, obviously, you sanitize them. It wouldn't really be disinfected. It probably wouldn't go that far, or would you say it was... So what we put on a- after the cleaning is done is, is a surface disinfectant. We use uh, Odoban, which is a mm-hmm. eco-friendly disinfectant. Uh, we spray that all, all over the inside of the lid, the outside of the can, every, everywhere you, that you touch, and it's lavender-scented. So it smells good it and smells does a great wonderful. job disinfecting it. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of folks um, are using their garages multi-purpose, right? Yeah, We're using- working out. Yeah, mm-hmm. home office kind of a thing it, it, with air conditioning. Of course, you wouldn't yeah, want to do that, right? <laughs> yeah. but, but so, but if you're working in that area, you're spending some time in that area. Oh my gosh, you definitely want a cleaner environment by cleaning mm-hmm. those cans. So, tell me about the process. So, uh, people put their cans out. Obviously, you want them to be empty, right? So the, they'll sign up. Uh, we'll reach out. <laughs> no raccoons. Yeah, no raccoons. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so they'll uh, they'll sign up on on our website. Uh, we'll reach out to the customer, let them know their cleaning date. Um, we show up the day after the trash gets picked up. As, you know, as everybody knows, the trash pickup mm-hmm. times in San Antonio are pretty inconsistent, and all around San Antonio as well. So it's, yep. it's almost impossible to do it the same day. Right. Uh, so we schedule it the day after. Uh, we show up. The customer doesn't need to be there. They can just leave the cans out on the curb or on the side of the house or in front of the garage. Our, our truck shows up. Technician gets out, wheels the can down to the truck. It's got a hydraulic lift system. It grabs onto the can. We spray the outside with hot pressure. Um, and then it's lifted up onto the truck, and we've got a specialized cleaning head that spins around and cleans all the inside of the can. Uh, gets every nook and cranny, and we spray the outside and the bottom of the wheels as well. Puts the can down, we spray uh, the surface disinfectant on there and put a little sticker. My technician initials it, and we wheel it back up to the garage. So what happens to the dirty water and the trash That's if there's any like stuck-on trash yeah. right in the can? What happens with that? So our truck holds 525 gallons of fresh water, and then it's got 600 gallons of holding capacity for the dirty water. So none of the dirty water, except from like what's sprayed from the outside of the can, gets on the ground. All the dirty water from the inside of the can, where the actual gunk and germs and nasty stuff is, is collected on the truck, and we dispose of that at a gray water 
Okay, and if there's like stuck on paper and gum and stuff like that, that that yeah. goes away as well. Yep, absolutely. So it'll fall into the into the little catch area in the back of the truck. We've got a little little screen there, and we'll, we scoop that out and, and throw that away. Yeah. Excellent. I think that would be like like you were commenting. It's like what happens to all that? What happens? Right? Yeah. It's not going to go all yeah. over my neighborhood, right? So right. it's good to know yeah, that not, you guys take. Yeah, care we're not we're not dumping anything awesome. in the curb or any nasty water. You're not going to stink up the neighborhood. You know, we see people all the time out there who fill their can up with bleach and then dump it in the mm-hmm. dump it in the curb, right? That's actually pollution. That's yep, illegal. It is. Whoa. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never done that. Hello. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So uh, what cans are, so you're doing the main trash can, you do the recycle, and then you do you also do the, the organic material? Yep, absolutely. So we do do the organics and then we even have some customers that'll bring out, you know, little small square recycle containers, the real small ones. Mm-hmm. We'll spray those out for them. If we have uh, you know, we're all about customer customer service, right? So if a customer brings out one of their inside trash cans that's got junk in it, we'll clean that too. Okay, and then how long does that process take? To clean the uh, a residential trash can takes about a minute. Oh, okay. So it's super quick. But you're there at the house for what, maybe five minutes or something? Maybe five minutes. Maybe. So, yeah. so it's quick in and out. All right, Quick cool. in and out, quiet. We don't bother anybody. How often are people getting this done? So it really depends on, on how big your family is or how much stuff you throw away and how you throw it away. And how messy you are. And how right? messy mm-hmm. you are, exactly. You'd be so <laughs> surprised at how many people don't use trash bags. It seems like they just oh my gosh. dump oh, stuff in their trash just it's crazy. More disgusting. That is crazy. You <laughs> continue come to talk every week. Yeah, yeah. I, we uh, we have customers that we come every, every single week. We go do their cans every single week. Well, speaking of that, uh, what about commercial stuff? Yeah, do you guys do commercial stuff? We we do commercial stuff uh, mo- mostly just the dumpster pad areas. Um, you know, they replace those big dumpsters mm-hmm. pretty pretty often for most commercial uh, properties. And you guys are a certified sanitation company, right? Absolutely, federal mm-hmm. and state certified sanitation company. What's the advantage there? One of the advantages, obviously, gives us more credibility as a, as a company. Uh, we went through a pretty stringent process to get certified as a sanitation company. Uh, they did a whole background check on all the employees, on all the equipment, on the ownership of the company, mm-hmm. um, insurance, everything. They went through that whole process, and that gives us the ability to get into some of these HOAs that have, um, you know, rules and regulations about their trash cans and telling people they can't leave them out for a, a certain right. amount of time. <laughs> so since we are a certified sanitation company, our schedule uh, affects the HOA the same as the trash, right? So we're basically an extension of the trash company. That's cool. Uh, so they don't, they can't be fined for leaving their can out based on our service. That's so, so great. Because yeah. awesome. I'm so, t- I was tired of getting those little fifty dollars bills here and there for that. <laughs> Let me know. I'll send them. A, I'll send them a certification. <laughs> They'll leave you alone. I promise. <laughs> so we're short on time, but what does what it cost? So we have a couple different service options. Uh, once a month for twenty five dollars. Once every other month for thirty. Once every three months for thirty five. And if you don't want to sign up for a scri- subscription, we also offer a one-time cleaning for 55 Nice. Awesome. And the, all those prices include two cans. The trucks are designed to clean two cans. They use the same amount of water for two cans. So if it's one can you leave out there or two cans, it's going to be the same, same That's price. That's really awesome. And how do people get in touch with you? So they can go to our website, tritoncleaners.net, or Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. All that is at Triton Cleaners. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Jordan. I appreciate that. All right, to wrap up the show, quick reminder, check out our latest podcast or catch video versions of the show anytime by visiting homebuyertalkradio.com. That's going to be it for us. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you on the next one.